Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 90 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how has it been going? We are uh, making our way through summer. Uh, you know, we had kind of our last our last weekend before before really kind of fall starts kicking in. The weather cooled off. Uh, some kids are getting ready to go back in school, including your own. But uh, what have you been up to? Are you ready? Are you ready for school time to get started? I'm ready for school time. I think this this break in the weather though is a is a is a lie. I think it is fake mm, it news. Is a lie. It's a it misdirection. Looks, as the, yeah, as it they looks say. beautiful. Yeah. Like it looks like it's going to be gorgeous for like a week and a half, and then it's going to go back up to 137 degrees, and I'm going to mm. be frizzy and sweaty and gross. But uh, I have done some good things. I finished Blackbird, which I was a series that I had started when we talked last week. And okay. I really do believe it is an excellent film it, or an excellent series. If you've not yet seen it, I really recommend you doing it. Um, the acting is really superb. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we also, I, I saw that there's this new film that I have not yet seen. And it's called 13 Lives. It's directed okay. by Ron Howard. It's all over. Uh, it just was released maybe 10 days ago. It's all over Amazon Prime right now. Um, it's got Viggo Mortensen and Colin... Colin Farrell, yeah. Farrell, Farrell, not Colin Firth, different Colin, Colin Farrell. And it look it's the it's a dramatization of that true story of that the Thai uh, kids teen hiking group that got lost in a cave. Mm, um this yeah. happened a couple of years ago and it's this really terrifying story if you don't like caves, maybe this is it'll give you claustrophobic nightmares, but um I'm excited about the film, but you uh, yes. We're talking to me just yesterday about this. Yeah, that's right. We were just talking about some, uh, you know, documentaries and stuff that we'd been watching. And I was telling you that I'd watched one uh, last year on Disney Plus, um, the National Geographic had done. Um, it was called The Rescue. Um, and it's about that story about uh, rescuing that uh, that soccer team. You know, these these cave divers uh, came in from uh, England to basically put this rescue on. And it was very harrowing and very scary. And I'm sure the this dramatization will uh, likely be pretty good, you know, with Ron Howard and uh, pretty star-studded cast there. So definitely going to have to check that out. And another documentary that I uh, just started to get into, it's six episodes long, but it is... Uh, it's on Disney Plus. It's called Light and Magic, which it's basically a six part documentary about ILM, uh, which is Industrial Light and Magic, which is the um, kind of the special effects studio that um, George Lucas put together. So obviously there's a lot of Star Wars stuff in there, but ILM does stuff for like every movie, um, you know, all of these big technological advances, you know, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, like every every kind of like touchstone of these big advances uh, ILM has had some part in. So that documentary kind of talks about that. So uh, getting into that one uh, seems like it's going to be really good and really well done. Um, and I think Lawrence Kasdan, actually, who's um, a pretty famous uh, writer and director, um, uh, is the one that actually did this documentary. So I uh, definitely want to check that out. And yeah, check out 13 Lives because that sounds fun. Uh, but you know what else sounds fun, Michaela? That is uh, going on a bit of a sugar binge, getting some uh, Reese's Pieces, uh, some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, uh, throw in a little bit of vodka and go on an adventure because that is what we were doing, an adventure 40 years in the making for us. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back to whip up this week's cocktail. So this week's cocktail is, as you say, a bit of a sugar rush, okay? Um, I love it. Uh, I love what it's called. It's called a drunken peanut butter cup. Yeah. Yeah, right. and it's from uh, <laughs> two open of our drinks. favorite things. Two of our favorite <laughs> That's things. That's right. That's right. It's got Reese's Pieces. It's got Reese's peanut butter cups. It's got chocolate. It's got vodka. It, it it's got milk. It's got all the things. It's got all the things. And this the we things. found this on uh, Open Drinks IO. Um, it looks amazing in uh, the article that was written about it. And so we thought we would try and recreate this the best we can. Um, mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's a little intense. Um, there's a lot of sugar in this. This is not for folks that can't have sugar. I, and I'm sorry, Correct. I'm not even. I'm not. We didn't even try. We didn't even try to desugarize this because I don't think it's possible. So no, no. Um, yeah. So when we were looking up uh, drinks to do for this week, you know, we're we're doing the classic, the all time classic ET. And one of the first things that you think of when you think about ET are uh, 
Reese's Pieces, right? That's what Elliot is leaving out in the woods, trying to get E.T. to uh, to follow him back home. Uh, that's what he's using, and that's what we are putting into our cocktail. And it starts with about a half a cup of Reese's Pieces, Michaela. You took these, and you put them into one cup of vodka. You let that sit overnight. And I have to say, that, uh, this, this particular step <laughs> of the recipe did not look so great. Uh, it looked like we were off to a bad start. Yeah. Word of the wise. If you're going to do this, just just trust the process. Okay. You all need to trust the process because we did what it says. Okay. We put half a cup of Reese's species in a glass jar and then we added vodka to the top and then we shook that sucker and put it in a fridge. And what happens is all the chocolate coating or the candy coating around these little Reese's peanut butter droplet mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that all goes away. It starts looking really orange, really gross it it's 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 just doesn't look good but boy did it taste good when we finally put it together <laughs> that's right yeah it tastes it tastes like a sugary concoction doesn't doesn't look great uh but tastes good so yeah just just trust us just go with it um and that's what you're going to need to put this cocktail together and then actually it comes together pretty easily uh, that's kind of the only step and that's not even that hard you don't even have to even have to boil water uh we're not even asking you to do that this week so take uh, one and a half ounces of that Reese's pieces uh vodka uh, one and a half ounces of that into a shaker tin, one and a half ounces of milk, one ounce of chocolate liqueur, shake that up with ice, and then you're going to put it into like a martini glass. Um, and what you do with that martini glass is entirely up to you um, and how much sugar you can tolerate. Right. It's really a choose your own adventure. So here's what we did with ours. We we dunked those suckers in peanut butter and then we yep. have a beautiful, really fun Reese's Pieces rim kind of thing going on around the, the rim with the peanut butter. And then because that wasn't sweet enough, we also drizzled chocolate syrup in the glass itself. Um, word to the wise, if you do too much of that, you're going to end up needing a spoon to like, <laughs> you know, go. It's, it's mm, going to mm -hmm, end mm -hmm. up being like a milkshake rather than a drink. So just a little, little less chocolate uh, syrup. But you're going to shake everything in your tin, pour it in. It's going to be this like a dark. Ours was a really dark chocolatey color um, mm -hmm. because we used a really beautiful double chocolate liqueur. Um, it's very good. Uh, and you're going to drink this. Now, it's real sweet. So it's like a meal. I wouldn't shoot this thing because you'll get mm -hmm. a sugar rush. Yeah, you, you definitely will get a sugar rush. And it, it is good. It's it's very chocolatey. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of just like a chocolate martini. Now, one of, one of the criticisms I guess I had for it is, um, kind of when you initially take that first drink, you expect it to be a little bit more peanut buttery from that infused vodka and ours wasn't, maybe, I don't know if we needed to let it sit longer or, um, I, I don't know what the, what the case was, but, um, ours wasn't, our vodka was just very sugary tasting. It basically tasted like sugar. So I think if we were going to redo this, um, we would maybe skip that step and use like a vanilla vodka or, uh, something else to maybe, you know, kind of direct that sweetness in a little bit of a more, uh, direct way. We also thought that this would be fun to use one of those new, like peanut butter whiskeys, um, that you've seen out there. There's a couple of those, uh, screwball is a big one that I've had before, um, and those are uh, really interesting and really super peanut buttery. So that might be kind of interesting to do like a riff on this with uh, with the whiskey as opposed to the vodka. But but what do you think about this one, Michaela? Yeah, I agree. I think it was a lot more chocolatey that I was expecting. And I know we used a really high quality chocolate liqueur, but we did only use like half an ounce per drink of it. So mm -hmm. I was surprised at how chocolatey it was. It definitely was sweet enough. I definitely <laughs> was glad that I didn't uh, infuse the vodka and use a already flavored vanilla vodka or something. Cause I'd thought about that. And mm -hmm. I'm really glad that I talked myself out of that. Cause that would have been way too much. Um, I did go online and I found Terracentia uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. They actually make a peanut butter flavored vodka. So I oh, think okay. it would be kind of interesting to, if I can, if we make a trip down and I, I can get my hands on some, I think it'd be interesting to try this with that because I think you're right. The, infusion worked really well to add the sweetness of it but it was really just a hint of peanut butter so the peanut butter that you're going to taste is really going to be from the peanut butter that you rimmed your glass with or uh the crushed um Reese's pieces that are kind of on the rim of the glass it's really not in the drink itself and that was the only thing that I was I really just wanted an extra dimension of that peanut butter taste 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, this was this was really good. It was really fun, um, and it, it looked really cool kind of with all of the uh, extra additions to it there. So give this a try, or if you have any other good recommendations, give us a try. Or maybe you just want a Coors Banquet beer, which is what E.T. is going to find um, in the fridge for himself later as we uh, talk about this movie. So uh, now that we have these made, Michaela, I, well, I need to have a glass of water so I can come down from the sugar high. But then I'm going to have another because it was delicious, and we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about this week's film, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Spoiler warning for E.T., The Extraterrestrial. If you've not yet seen this, we're going to talk all about it. So, if you haven't seen it, our recommendation is for you to stop what you're doing right now. Go have a drunken peanut butter cup. Go watch the 1982 classic. Come back and we can chat about it. That's right. That's right. If you haven't had a chance to see it, you've had plenty of time. As Michaela said, it came out in uh, 1982 on June 11th, to be exact, uh, which makes this film 40 years old, which is why we're going to be talking about it, because we are very excited to be seeing this in IMAX. It is coming back to a handful of theaters and ours. Uh, we're lucky enough to uh, have our theater be one of those ones that are reshowing it. So we are going uh, and we're very excited about it. Um, came out in 1982, directed, of course, by Steven Spielberg, produced by Kathleen Kennedy, who now is running uh, Lucasfilm, uh, doing all the Star Wars stuff. Um, this was scored by the maestro John Williams himself, and it stars Henry Thomas as Elliot, Drew Barrymore as his sister Gertie, and Robert McNaughton as his brother Michael. Um, and it is a it is a classic kids story adult story it's a it's a classic of classics um at one time this was the highest grossing film of all time uh before it got beaten out by steven spielberg's film uh jurassic park but everyone loves et right everyone right everybody i mean most people if you don't love curmudgeon people curmudgeon people yeah like yeah yeah people who don't like crying in movie theaters maybe don't (laughs) like don't like this film because there is a lot of that there's a lot of that Oh, that's right. And um, uh, we're, we're going to get into the story, but uh, a little uh, peek behind the curtains here in my notes. It just says that uh, we get to a certain point of the point of the movie and then you you just cry for the for the remainder of the thing. It's it's obnoxious. It is sad. It is uplifting. It is it is heartfelt and it is exciting. So why don't we get into this one, Michaela? We'll just jump straight into it. We are going to the woods. We see um, a. Uh, I don't know, a spaceship, it looks kind of like an onion. It's awesome. There's a lot of lights on it. It's very smoky and spooky. We see some little little creatures moving through the woods. We don't ever get a very clear look at them. Um, and this is one of my favorite things about uh, this movie. Um, Steven Spielberg does an awesome job of kind of kind of showing you just enough to keep you on the hook for all of this stuff. Um, and we start out right here. We're seeing the little ETs running around, but we don't get a good look at them uh, for right now. Uh, this car pulls in. Uh, bad news. Bunch of dudes. Flashlights get out. They're shining them around. Uh, you know, all the ETs in the spaceship, they start to freak out. They're like, we got to get out of here. Time to go. Time to go. Uh, but our favorite little ET gets left behind. That's right. Oh, and he's so maybe it starts crying right at the beginning. Maybe we just <laughs> we start don't know. right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might. Oh, yeah. And I I do love this opening scene because you get a great look at the one of the people's kind of tool belt. It's got some keys jangling. You don't mm-hmm. really know who mm-hmm. he is. Um. And that becomes a whole like signet for a for an entire character that we see throughout the film, who is um, referred to as Keys as his character name. That's so. right, um, which is really cool. Peter Coyote, you're awesome. Uh, really love the beginning of this because we, like you said, we don't see what they are, um, but we have all of these context clues, and you know nobody has done that sort of thing the way Steven Spielberg does it, right? So even mm-hmm. in Jaws, which we've covered here on Drink the Movies before, you don't see the evidence, you don't see the the actual monster until the very end. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of thing here. You don't yeah. see what they are, but you know they're small and they're crafty and um, one of them's left behind and it's so sad. And then we uh, <clears throat> kind of cut over to this family scene you got Elliot, his little sister Gertie, and Michael, who's uh, entering his teenage years. Uh, Henry is the middle child, and they uh, there's all these kids hanging out over uh, at their house. Uh, mom's not around. Mom's at work, and uh, they've decided to order a pizza, and so they're excited to go get this pizza. Elliot has been tagged to go get it from down the drive. If you look at this house, by the way, I don't know who 
I don't know where it is. It's in the San Fernando Valley. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful house. Um, yes. It's beautiful then. And you still look at it. It's one of those houses where it still looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would right. love to live there. It's got these really um, beautiful tiled, this tiled roof. And it's got like a shed to the side. And Elliot goes down, picks up the pizza, and he realizes that there's something in this shed. And he freaks mm-hmm. out, drops the pizza, goes in. By now, mom's home. Mom's like, why did everybody get a pizza? What is going on? Why are we not? What is happening? I didn't say you could do this. And yeah, he's freaking right. out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, get the, like I really like the scene. All the kids are sitting around playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And actually, to his credit, uh, you know, Elliot's brothers, like, uh, you know, you have to ask, you know, my friend, if you can play Dungeons and Dragons with us. And he's like, yeah, you can play whatever. I don't care. Um, just go get the pizza. So he goes down and gets the pizza. Uh, he hears some hears some noise. There's some uh, some stuff afoot. He thinks he goes into up to the shed, like you mentioned, and he tosses a baseball in there. The baseball gets tossed right back out. And of course, you freak out. That is not what you want to see uh, when you're investigating something potentially spooky. He drops the pizza. He books inside. He tells them that uh, something's out there. Uh, so they all grab like kitchen knives. All the kids do. And the mom's like, well, put those knives down. What are, what are you doing? So they all go outside <laughs> outside to look. Um, and this, this is one of the funniest parts of the movie, of course. So they go and they look and they see little E.T. tracks and they're like, oh, maybe it's the coyotes came back. So, so mom's like, all right, kids, come back in. They just leave the pizza in the yard they just step over the pizza totally leave it it. and And now they're mad at elliot they're mad at him because they're like how did you drop the pizza and then of course the mom's like how did you order a pizza i didn't say you could order a pizza that's right that's right yeah it's it's uh it's pretty funny but you know elliot knows what he saw he's like he's like something was in there i know it's i just gotta go go prove it so that night he goes back out uh he's looking around he looks in the shed can't can't see anything in the shed he's kind of walking there's like this field in behind the house um, he's in the field and, uh, you know, looking with his flashlight and what do you see? He comes face to face with his very own extraterrestrial. Uh, it's, it's very scared. Elliot is not as scared as I would be. Um, if I came face to face with ET, I've got to be honest. Uh, but that is our, that is our first meeting of these two. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's like this great horror movie-esque kind of moment, but then you're also, um, feeling like maybe he's very friendly um and so he he's you know in shock and he's scared but he's not jumping around anymore screaming and yelling Mm -hmm. instead he's got this great idea he's gonna lure this animal thing into his house that sounds like a great idea and what are you gonna do that with you're not gonna do that with m&ms no you're gonna use reese's pieces which far superior, far superior to M&M's. Far superior. And I think, weren't they made specifically for this film? Because uh, they, I heard that somewhere. I don't know if that's a... I, I, I don't know. I am not a candy historian, but I, but I know that when this movie came out, Reese's Pieces or The Bomb, uh, they're still The Bomb uh, today. They're even The Bomb if you put them into some vodka and uh, make them into a cocktail. But um, but yeah, that's what he, that's what he does. He sees he sees a uh, little E.T. out in the field. Uh, he freaks out, of course, goes back inside. Um, you know, his brother and sister and mom are not believing that he has seen this thing, but he is bound and determined to approve it. So he goes out into the woods. He's leaving a little trail of the Reese's Pieces. Um, we see their uh, keys is also out in the woods, you know, looking for this thing. Um, and one of the one of the really great things, um, we'll, we'll kind of talk a, a little bit about it, but we never see Key's face through the first half of the film. None of the adults, you don't ever see any of the adults face um, until later. So that's another kind of kind of really good kind of uh, storytelling thing uh, that Steven Spielberg is uh, using through the the first part of this film. Um, so, yeah, he leaves the Reese's Pieces. He goes back home. Uh, he's going to go and lay out side um as you do waiting to see um if et shows back up um you know in the shed he'd have the the shed open the lights shining out of it but you know elliot falls asleep can't stay up all night he's just a little kid uh but does his, does his trick work michaela does it work totally totally works totally works and i i one thing i do say i want to say and i know we 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 talk about the beginning of this film a lot because it sets the stage so beautifully but one of my favorite scenes is um later i, I think it's I think it's later that night, maybe after E.T. kind of comes to the house. But there's this scene where they're supposed to be having dinner and it looks like the mom is has cooked and she's she's not having a great day. Um, And he's Elliot's trying to talk about what he saw. He's trying to talk about, you know, the and describe the animal or whatever. And she's like, look, I no one's saying we don't believe you. We just, we just don't really believe you. And the brother, Michael is kind of being sullen. 
And he looks down and he says, well, dad would believe me. And this kind of scene between the the siblings, because of course the mom gets upset and she says, well, maybe you could call him and talk to him about it. And he says, oh no, she's in Mexico. Dad's in Mexico with Sally. And this is the first we've heard of Sally. And then of course mm-hmm. the mom gets up, she walks out of the room and she's like, he doesn't even like Mexico. And she kind of breaks down. And then you see this kind of three musketeer kind of sibling moment between all three of them where Gertie is saying, you know, that's not nice. She made mom sad. Michael is telling Elliot, Hey, don't you think about anybody else's feelings for once? Because he's old enough to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Elliot seems kind of in the middle. And of course, Gertie's like, where's Mexico? I want to go to Mexico. What's dad doing in Mexico? And it's, really beautifully shot because you see like you said you don't really see the mom's face you see Mm -hmm. this kind of outline of her in the other room and she's obviously really upset and she's saying things like he doesn't even like mexico why would he go to mexico with her and her voice is breaking and it's really like you're watching this very adult scene um and now I'm watching it as a, as an adult but when I was younger Mm -hmm. I saw it from the kid's perspective it's it's one of my favorite scenes yeah and you get and you get once the once the dinner wraps up and um you know like it kind of clears his stuff from the table and he goes over and he's looking out the window and just like the steam from the the sink is coming up and you're seeing it from outside as like the window gets more and more uh kind of filled with this um like steam from the from the uh sink coming up there so it, it looks really great and, and yeah that is kind of powerful it kind of it kind of sets up this uh this story right that you know maybe elliot feels a little bit abandoned by his dad and he's really looking out um striking out for some friendship because we don't really see elliot uh with any of his own friends we see his brother with his friends um kind of interacting with them but um maybe he feels a little bit lonely and that's why he's so drawn to uh et here so um as we mentioned he goes out into the woods he leaves some reese's pieces uh which lures et back it's uh, it's it's probably I don't know it's one of my favorite parts of the movie is uh, just kind of that first time they get there ET comes and he reaches out his hand and just drops the Reese's pieces like back onto um Elliot he's, he's like asleep there in a in a lawn chair but um gets him inside um and they they start having uh you know kind of their friendship he's trying to to teach ET all about Earth um I really love it he pulls out all of his Star Wars toys he's like this he's like these are the fish and these this is the shark and the shark eats the fish and this is money and uh you know all this stuff and we're seeing ET um, and we're going to talk about the Academy Awards uh, a little bit later, but ET looks amazing. He looks so good. It's like, it's part of it is puppet. Part of it is animatronic. Part of it is like a costume uh, that they had some actors um, and little kids wearing at various parts and the way that it comes together, but looks so good. Looks so good. And so sweet. Like the, the way the facial expressions are at work. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe that's where the animatronics come in. Um he can make noise. And so he's starting to learn certain things. His, you know, Gertie's about seven. And so she's watching um, some like back to school, like after school cartoons that are going through the letters of the alphabet. And he, E.T. is kind of learning to make the sounds and, you know, he's very smart. And so he's kind of trying to learn all the things that Elliot's teaching him. And how sweet is it that like Elliot's trying to, you know, get him kind of acclimated to the family without at this point, he hasn't told any of the kids, <laughs> any of his brothers or sisters that he has this alien. Um, but he's trying to like, you know, teach him all these things, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the things that he's not teaching him is even cooler, right? Like the things that are important yeah. uh, that Elliot feels are important. I thought that that was a really interesting part of it. Yeah. Cause if you're, you know, if you're eight or nine, like what is important to you? Right. And it's your, it's your Star Wars figures. So, like, these are the things you need to know. Right. If you're, Absolutely. if you're like a, like a, like a nine or 10 year old, but, but yeah, he brings him into the house and um, you know, he's going to fake being sick the next day at school. It's very, uh, I was going to say it's Ferris Bueller-esque, but that came after. So um, I guess Ferris Bueller was very E.T.-esque in that. But he fakes being sick to stay home from school uh, with E.T. That's when he's you know, teaching him all these things, learning, you know, what kind of foods he's going to eat and and all that stuff. And then when his brother and sister get home from school, um, he's going to introduce them to E.T. Don't tell mom. Don't tell adults. I've got this. I've got what is what does he say? He's got like he's got like ultimate power or something yes, <laughs> like over I have like the decision. Power. I, and over he the wants... decisions for this and yeah it's it's really great as he's introducing you know his uh his brother and uh little gertie to et yeah yeah no i love it where he says i want your most excellent promise and then of course they reuse that right because they mm-hmm. end up telling mom you know hey mom this this is happening and so of course gertie gertie's just like oh it's a play friend that i can dress up and you know put makeup on and 
And so, and E.T. just totally lets that happen. And it's really a cute scene um, because, yep. of course, the brothers are like, gosh, what have you done? Don't do that to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if uh, if E.T. was more easily startled, uh, he would have he snapped and done something bad, right? Because every time someone meets him, they just scream like Gertie, like shrieks. The dog come in, comes in, they yell. Uh, everyone just like screams at E.T. when they meet E.T. So uh, that that's not great. There's a lot of screaming uh, by all of these kids in the first <laughs> the first part of the movie. But but yeah, it's really great. They're uh, they get introduced to him. Um, and then, yeah, the next day, you know, you can only fake being sick and skipping out on school one day. So the next day, you have to go to school, but we're learning some things about E.T. and Elliot. Um, and they have kind of this, like, um, E.T. is kind of like this empath, right? So they have this sort of, like, this like connection like through through like mind and space and time and they kind of can you know sense the same things and feel the same things uh so you get um a, this this really fantastic section of et like just being at home like by himself and like the stuff that he's seeing is being mirrored by elliot as he's at school um and one of the kind of standout scenes something that i always remember about et is the scene of elliot he's he's in class they're getting ready to dissect frogs um, and E.T.'s watching the show um, on TV and then Elliot's like, he's like, no, we have to have to set him free. And they just let all of the frogs go. Um, it's it's a pretty great scene. But I, but I love E.T. just at the house, like, you know, kind of kind of hanging out, like half wanting to go home and like half being just interested in uh, humanity, I guess. Yeah. And beer and beer. <laughs> Don't Coors forget banquet. the beer part. Coors, yep. Coors, Coors banquet. banquet. My my son's grandpa Dick is like, hey. This is awesome. I love it. it we, it's in it's product placement, exactly where it should be. Um, I didn't even know that was real, but uh, apparently it was. And mm -hmm, so we've mm -hmm. got uh, the alien is drinking some beer, uh, watching like this. Uh, I think it's a Western where it's John Wayne and he um, John Wayne finally kisses uh, Maureen O'Hara. And there's this moment where, you know, they've let all the frogs out of their little jars and Elliot is uh has this crush and he finally gets enough courage after I get I guess uh because ET has kind of given him and willed him the idea to go ahead and do this he stands up uh and gives her this kiss and it's very sweet and all of these things are kind of happening um and it's framed exactly these... as what E.T. is watching on the TV. So you'll see him like, like go in and he like pulls like the girl like back out, like from outside of the door and and stuff. And then like jumps up like on this other kid to, to kiss her. So it's like it's like, you know, it's the same exact framing as what E.T. Right. is seeing on the on the TV. Yeah. And it's very sweet. Um, And you do feel for the frogs. I remember watching this scene and this this probably stuck out with me more um than anything probably from the first time i watched it because i was so young but i remember wanting the frogs to be free too because they put them in these jars and then they put them in the they have these chloroform soaked cotton balls i, mm -hmm. I, I never did that in high school i i don't no. know or in middle school we didn't they came to us already dead okay we didn't have to kill them <laughs> but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that was interesting and you've got this faceless teacher who was like you don't have to look if you don't want to watch them go to sleep and and of course elliot's like they're free they're they're living things let's let them out it was really yeah. great but uh he gets in trouble because you can't let out 300 frogs <laughs> out of the science room that's right yeah it's it's bad news mom gets called and uh she's gonna have to come pick you up that's what happens if you uh, if you break the rules at school kids uh your parents get called and you get into trouble so uh yeah so elliot's mom uh she's there at home with gertie uh she's like says gertie uh you have to stay here for like 10 minutes i gotta go pick up your brother uh so what does gertie do gertie has a new best friend and uh play friend in et so uh she's gonna dress him up has like a like a wig and like this uh crazy like old lady sweater um on et which is pretty awesome uh but et he learns something in that day by himself he's reading through the comic strips i think it was a buck rogers comic and it says something about um phoning or calling home and then of course that's when we get et phone home um as he starts saying because gertie's doing an awesome job she's teaching him how to talk et way smart uh can already talk like after a day um you know obviously obviously far more intelligent uh than us for sure for sure um but he gets this idea that he can he can phone home he can call up his people in the spaceship and say hey come back and pick me up he totally left me here uh that was a bad call um so when elliot gets home and he sees et all dressed up he's like what are you doing gertie get out of here but uh et phone home plan is hatched that's right they're gonna 
They get they get this great idea. They're going to go into their garage and they're going to get a whole bunch of stuff, just random stuff, and they're going to give it to uh, to ET, and he's going to be able to figure out how to turn all of that into some sort of radio uh, or communication device to tell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his ship, "Hey, you forgot me. Come back and get me, people or aliens, whatever." And um, it's amazing. I loved watching this uh, scene recently because they pick a bunch of random stuff like a coffee, uh, like a coffee cup uh, holder thing and like Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. like a butter dish, a couple of uh, like a spelling computer from the 1980s that was like spell cat, you know, and you would type in C-A-T and it would say correct. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of uh i think it was called a speak and spell anyway so there's lots mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. a record player it looks like there's a bunch of cords from like old telephones and just uh like a saw <laughs> so, of course there's a blade <laughs> like a circular blade saw you need that and um and it's not without danger right i mean elliot's actually cuts his hand and mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. see that not only does E.T. and Elliot have this connection where, you know, things kind of happen to both of them at the same time. But E.T. can heal him by mm-hmm. giving off some of his energy. And he's got like a, a finger that glows and it's really cool. And so they go off into it. They decide, I guess it's on Halloween night. They decide to go and try and make this communicator work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you have ET. Um, he's got his new communicator. Um, and yeah, that's one of that's one of the powers that ET has. Right? He can he can heal Elliot. He heals his finger. Um, he's healed these flowers. Um, that had died that um Gertie had brought up to the room for for him to have. I guess. Um. So yeah, that's that's kind of one of his abilities. But you can't you can't just set up uh, a communicator to phone home at at your house. You got to go out into the woods to do it. Um. And how do you get ET out of the house without anyone knowing? Uh, because it's an alien and you haven't told. Your your mom yet so uh you're basically going to throw a sheet over top of him uh say that you're going to dress up like a ghost you tell your little sister gertie that i don't care if you want to be a cowgirl you're going to be a ghost you can be a cowgirl later uh no big deal no big deal so she goes out to the out to the park uh to wait for him and they take et out you get um a really fun scene where uh mom's like oh let me take your picture and she's like fumbling around she gets so excited and it's totally et under this under the sheet and he's kind of kind of waddling him around but then you get the then you get like kind of the the best most iconic bit of et is that elliot's going to throw et up into the front basket on his bicycle they're going to go um and they're going to fly up through the sky et says this is taking too long bro i need to make my phone call right now let's uh let's uh hit the gas here uh they go up you get that shot of him flying uh you know across in front of the moon um as elliot's like dressed up in his uh costume and et's there kind of under this this little uh sheet in the front basket they're going and they land in the woods they get this thing set up um it's really cool when you see it uh start working as like the trees are blowing and it's pulling this like saw blade back and forth with like a fork that they rigged up it's it's pretty cool so they phone home but but bad news is that et is going to get scared runs off elliot falls asleep wakes up et is nowhere to be found bad news it's looking it's looking like trouble from here on out for our boy and his uh pet alien yeah it's uh it's not a good day the next morning because of course elliot hasn't come home uh he wakes up um he's not feeling great um he gets home everybody's freaking out the mom is really upset she's the, trying the police to are remember. there of course cause... the police are there she's trying to remember what he was wearing um she was like oh he's gonna be a he was a he was gonna be the hunchback of notre dame and one thing that i thought was interesting too is the costumes like michael was uh gonna be like a I guess he was going to be a terrorist and, and that was in poor taste even then, which is good to know. Um, mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. got like a hat with a hacksaw across the top of it. Um, he's going out with his friends and they're all still in their costumes waiting for Elliot to come home. He comes home, um, but he is really sad because he can't, he couldn't find ET and he's also really sick. So Michael goes out trying to find if there's any more signs of ET finds ET in like this culvert, uh, thing he does not look the way that he did his skin was like kind of a brown pink uh kind of uh fair type um and now there's a raccoon checking him out there's a raccoon that's like "Mm, this looks pretty tasty could i eat it i don't know um and he scares the raccoon off but et now doesn't look normal he's really pale um 
he's you know he's not wiggling the way that he was his feet aren't moving um mm-hmm. we all think he's dead for the like for a split second and but uh michael is able to uh get him get him back home that's right that's right and that's where the uh that's where really the the sad bits of the story really start to take hold um you get a link and then the very next scene um this one this one's really tough i think that this is really sad because then you have you have the you know brother and sister uh michael and gertie are there in the bathroom with elliot who's starting to get sick and et who's just like lay down like on his back like like passed out looking basically he's very like ashen and gray uh looking and that's when uh you know Michael's like, we got, we got to tell mom, right? You're, you're sick. We got to, we got to, got to fill her in. So he goes down he gets, he gets the mom. And that's when he's like, you have to make the most excellent uh, promise that you're not going to freak out. Um, uh, she says, okay. Um, she doesn't uh, withhold that promise because she does freak out rightfully. So um, your mom, you don't know what's, what's going on. So she tells Michael to grab Gertie, get out of there. Um, she grabs Elliot. She's like, what the heck is that thing? At first she thinks it's, you know, it's like a toy or like a game that they're playing with, but then ET kind of rolls his head over and uh, says something to her and, and she she freaks out so they get out of there um and then what do you do you go down there's a knock on the door and it is the government and full-on space suits uh they're here because they know that you have et keys has uh cracked the case i guess yeah well what's interesting he's been listening to like various radios and i guess he's got this microphone that can listen inside houses so like for Mm -hmm, the last mm -hmm, couple mm -hmm. of days he's been listening to different houses and he's had a feeling that it was in this house where et was but he didn't have proof now he has proof uh i don't quite understand all of that because it happens very fast but they basically turn the the entire house which was beautiful they've got like now hazmat suits on (laughs) they've got Mm -hmm, these mm -hmm. this plastic door uh chamber that they've made from like the front door to the back of this um van they've got about a hundred different scientists that are poking and prodding at et and asking a bunch of questions to the mom of course the dad's mm-hmm. still nowhere in sight there she's like i don't know i don't know what's going on and they're like what can he read brains can he you know can he melt metal and, and the kids are really shocked and poor elliot is just really not well and they're kind of laying next to they're laying Elliot next to E.T. Elliot's trying mm-hmm. to tell E.T. that he's right here, that he's not going to leave him. And it's really sad because they've got both of them all like hooked up to things and um, they keep saying that they're connected. But the keys character is like, I don't know what that means. We got to keep him alive. We got to keep all these things alive. And uh, it just becomes this really traumatic kind of moment between Elliot and E.T. because E.T. Mm-hmm. I think looking read re-watching it, I think he kind of decides to let that connection break so that mm-hmm. Elliot can continue to get better. But that means E.T. continues to deteriorate. And it's really hard because, you know, he's just a kid and he doesn't understand. And of course they try and wheel Elliot away and he's losing his mind. He's like, no, he's mine. He's mine. Take care of him. Don't hurt him. Mm-hmm. It's really awful. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's very it's, traumatic. It's, it's it's very traumatic it's really sad um i do love the way kind of that they decided to do the house where they put like this big like like plastic like tent kind of thing over the house and then it's got like the plastic tubes and stuff that the people are are moving through as they're they're trying to to contain that and they're and their hazmat stuff i love that and then yeah it's just it's pulling at the heartstrings you're watching that like even like um you know michael and gertie and the mom are kind of standing off in the wings and you know mom is seeing how much that you know uh this is really you know having an effect on elliot like how attached he is and yeah like you said i think that et kind of is like all right, I gotta, I gotta break this off because, you know, I'm, I'm gonna kill this kid or I'm gonna kill both of us. So, uh, basically, I can, I can, uh, just take all this on my own. So, Elliot starts getting better, ET starts getting worse, and then they think that ET died. Um, and up until this point, I think that this is one of the really interesting things about the film is that Keys is like this villain character, right? You don't, you don't see his face really. Um, you just see the keys clacking around. You see him looking. You're like, oh, he's, he's looking for ET. He's up to no good. He's up to no good. Um, but then kind of in this section, um, he walks in in his hazmat suit. He pulls this um like the like the hood thing off of it and that's the first time you see his face and that's other than the mom that's the first time then you start seeing the other adult's face but keys isn't really there as a bad guy i mean you still don't really fully understand what is um you know kind of his angle is on this but he goes and he talks to elliot and he's like oh he's he's like uh, you've done such a good job taking care of him. You know, I've been looking for him since I was 10, which I guess probably is about the same age that Elliot is supposed to be um, and really seems, you know, genuinely um, kind of concerned about it. And then when they think that E.T. has died, uh, you know, Keys is like, 
here, go take, you know, have some time, have a, have a last couple of minutes alone with them. And he, you know, kind of clears the room so Elliot can be with them. Um, and that's when uh, the story kind of turns. So apparently the phone that ET has built has worked as people are coming back for him. Um, and you'll see that's kind of the way that they communicate at the first part. You'll see like this glowing bit in their chest and it's like their heart uh, kind of lighting up and that must be how they communicate with each other. Uh, so it starts lighting up. Um, Elliot misses it at first, um, which is pretty sad. But as he's walking out, he sees those dead flowers. They start to perk back up a little bit. That catches his eye, runs back in, realizes that E.T. is alive. He sees the glowing chest. He's like, are your people coming back? And E.T.'s like, like, yeah, get me out of here. Um, so so that's what they do. They're wheeling him out. But but thankfully, you have an older brother who can drive a car um, in reverse sometimes, forward sometimes. They're going <laughs> to they're going to steal that van and E.T. Right. and get out of there. They're going to slide down that that tunnel of of plastic. They've got this whole thing figured out. They're mm -hmm. they told Gertie mm -hmm. the plan. They're like, all right let's go girl and she does what she's supposed to do he they offer a distraction they end up getting et um they're driving then all of the other kids i love this because everybody finally realizes what they're up to that et is okay and that they're trying to get they're trying to get him away and mm. so they start to give chase and all of the other um friends who all have bmx bikes running driving around they uh continue to help and um there's some really great kind of chase scenes. Um, what's interesting is in different versions of this where they've remastered the movie and brought it back out and you know went back and did a theater review, they've made some changes. So in the original, <clears throat> all of kind of the FBI agents, um, they all have weapons, um, mm -hmm. whether they're handguns or like shotguns in like nine, in I guess 2000, I think. Uh, maybe was, 2002. Uh, 2002. It was the 20th yeah. anniversary edition. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They came back and they kind of CGI'd all the guns out and had radios instead. Um, it's, it's, it was kind of interesting the, you know, the reasons why they made those changes, but, um, you can see that, you know, they, they don't know this ET, right. They don't know if this thing is dangerous or not. So they're, you know, in the mindset, they're trying to protect these kids and the kids are like, it's fine. And of course, E.T. Uh, is still riding with Elliot. Elliot and all of the other kind of uh, Michael's other friends are riding their bikes. Um, they go ahead and use that force again um, that mm -hmm. lifts them up in the air and they fly everywhere. And one of the friends is like, I'm going to be sick. Just tell me when it's over. <laughs> and then, yep. that was the kid who was really kind of bullying towards Elliot and telling him he didn't believe him when he was saying, hey, you know, we something happened and I saw something. Now he's the one mm -hmm. who's like, oh, I'm terrified. And E.T.'s like, man, this is the best day ever. We're flying through the air. It's fine. And and instead of flying over the across the moon, they fly out across the setting sun, which is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful scene because they got to yeah. get to the woods. They got to get back to where the phone is, man. <laughs> That's right. You got to get to where the phone is, where the spaceship was coming. And I love the bicycle chase scene. It's so awesome with all the the different police. And I, I don't I don't even know if they are FBI. I think all the cars are just marked as like U.S. government or something. So they're kind of this like non oh, right. non non entity kind of kind of a thing, um, which I thought is 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 pretty great. But but yeah, they're on this kind of kind of chase through there. I I love the way that looks. They're going like up and down these hills and things. And and they get back just in time as the spaceship is there. Uh, mom and uh keys uh come you know close behind with uh with gertie in the car so they all kind of get there um all at this head as as the kids are getting there to the spaceship and the spaceship comes down um it lands it opens the ramp um and then et gets one final goodbye um he gets a goodbye uh with gertie goes up to him first and she gives him uh the little potted plant uh, which is really sweet um and he says to her he says be good which is kind of the first thing that uh she taught him how to say and is a good life lesson for all of us uh michael comes up to him um and you know to say uh his goodbye to et and et says thank you to him um and then of course he has he he sets the flower pot down uh just in time for for elliot to come up and get his his own goodbye um and uh he starts it off um, you know, he he kind of, you know, they're just looking at each other. Um, it's very silent and ET kind of kind of points to his heart and then up to his lips and says, ouch, because, um, you know, that's that's how how they're communicating. And then then Elliot does the same thing and ouch. And yeah, ouch, you're breaking my heart. What is wrong with you, <laughs> Steven Spielberg? How well, you're like a, you're like a monster of making me feel so much all better when it was. Yeah, it was so much better when it was just a giant um, 
a giant shark that was killing everyone. This is horrible. Um, I mean, I'm getting teary just talking about it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, they, he looks at him. They kind of have this moment where ET, his little finger is glowing and he says, you know, I'll be right here. And he points to Elliot's head and he's got this single tear. Um, I don't know how many times they shot this scene, but it is just achingly perfect in mm-hmm. this goodbye mm-hmm. and really hard to watch yep and they give <laughs> uh they have they have a hug and like et's hands kind of kind of come around him and it, it looks it looks really cool kind of his long fingers as they're like embracing and then and then they say goodbye he goes up onto the ship um of course you know the dog uh you know elliot's dog is gonna gonna run up the ramp and then and then uh come back and uh they just kind of watch as uh as et goes you get a really um it's really beautiful shot is kind of the the door closes and it like kind of i don't know like lenses like circle uh like in to, to close off et there it looks it looks really cool and then uh that's where it ends um and and to make matters worse and all of this emotions you just have john williams just going nuts with the score right here it is like like if if what's going on on screen isn't making you sad enough just john williams score is also going to make you sad like you can't even listen to it uh, without being sad about it um uh but yeah uh, beautiful beautiful story um you know one for the ages of course 40 40 years on and Michaela this one resonated all around the world with everyone uh because as I mentioned this was uh you know one of the highest grossing films of all time until Jurassic Park knocked it off uh this this opened June 11th 1982 um it did worldwide a almost 800 million dollars and maybe it'll get to 800 million dollars because you and i uh saw this this week and glorious glorious imax looked so beautiful um it was at i I think like 500 some movie theaters were showing it ours was one that was and we said you know what we have to watch et again been too long since we watched et had a good cry and here we are and here we are yeah it's definitely made it to the top 10 most like cheerjerker films of all time uh it's consistently in like the top 10 i think um when it came out for its 20th anniversary they did another thing and it was like number eight it's so it was so beautifully done and i was so excited to see it in the theaters because i had never i had never seen it uh in the theater before Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I was too young to watch it in the theater when it came out. And so um, fun fact, this was Michaela's very first VHS oh, of all time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So it was it was amazing to see it on the big screen. Um, and I got to see it with my son, which was so great because uh, he we rode the E.T. ride when mm-hmm, we were at mm-hmm. Universal and he immediately fell in love with E.T. He didn't know anything about it. But he was like, who is this? How is that? Who is this character? We took some pictures because in the uh, at the end of the ride, you can take pictures with like E.T. all dressed up. And he was Mm -hmm. like, this is amazing. I can't wait. And we knew then that we were going to do this film uh, if it was going to come out. um, We'd be able to go see it in the theater. So we've been saving it for him. So I was so excited to finally share this with him. And he's old enough now to really get it. Absolutely loved it. the circle is continuing. The circle is unbroken. <laughs> the circle, the circle is unbroken. Yeah, we did. We uh, we rode that ride um, at Universal Studios in Orlando this year. Um, that ride opened in 1990 at Universal Studios Orlando, so it's the only original ride from uh, Universal Studios in Orlando. Um, it it also opened at Universal Studios in Hollywood and I think in Tokyo, but they have since closed the ride, which means that Universal Studios Orlando is the best Universal Studios. Uh, you can go on our ads and let me know if you uh, feel differently about that, but you're wrong. Uh, because they have the E.T. ride in Orlando, and that's all you need. And what else do you need if you're E.T. is you need some Academy Awards. It won a lot. It was nominated for a lot more, uh, but it won four. So it won for Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Effects, and Best Original Score, because that original score is slamming. Uh, But it did lose some. It lost Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Editing. Uh, Gandhi came out that year. That won uh, most of those other awards for for being the best at everything. But uh, I didn't see Gandhi in IMAX for 40 years later. Did you? No. I saw <laughs> E.T., Michaela. That's right. So I think I think what's no, interesting... No offense is... to Mahatma Gandhi. No, no, yeah, no, no, offense. no offense to Gandhi. Um, you know, it's interesting, and this is a great case of, you know, great films that uh, and what they do from a film perspective over the course of time, right? Because I think 
anybody mm-hmm. can say, you know, it, it was, it makes sense in 1983 when the Academy Awards were held, um, you know, Gandhi definitely won. It was a very big historical story um, that needed to be told. There were a lot of things going on in the early 80s that people felt were kind of emulating uh, from, you know, Gandhi's life. And it was really important. Um, but you're right. 40 years later, I don't know anybody who's actually seen Gandhi that's my age except film buffs. So really interesting. However, everybody's seen E.T. Everybody knows who E.T. is. You st- we still have. Reese's Pieces still says it's E.T.'s favorite candy, like still to this day. Mm-hmm. Mars is still upset that they didn't allow M&Ms to be used instead. I guarantee it. So, you know, it's interesting because this this movie has stood the test of time, um, whether they're radios or guns in the people's hands going after the kids. Um, it's really, really heartfelt, beautiful, beautiful story of a little boy who's just needed a friend and wanted to be a friend. So good. Uh, that's right. And was a good friend and uh, broke everyone's heart and made them cry uh, throughout. So uh, that is E.T. Let us know um, what your memories are with E.T. Because uh, chances are, especially if you're still listening to us at this point, that you've probably seen E.T. once or twice. And we want to know all about that stuff. And we want to know all about any sort of uh, peanut butter cup or Reese's Pieces martinis that you might make or uh, might try to emulate. So let us know that. Take pictures, send us comments, all that good stuff on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drinkthemovies and on Facebook.com slash drink the movies if you want to see pictures of our uh peanut butter chocolatey goodness uh get the recipe get episode recaps get all of our other recipes because this is episode 90 so we have 89 other episodes worth of recipes go to our website www.drinkthemovies.com and you can get all of that good stuff um you can see links to the episodes and that takes you uh primarily to you know spotify um and apple itunes where you should go and leave us a review but michaela where else can they find the podcast you can find us on Good Pods. You can find yes. us on Twitcher, Stitcher. You can find us on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. I forget mm-hmm. some of these names. Um, we are everywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. So find your favorite Anchor Podcast distributor. It could be Spotify. It could be Apple. Um, it could be all of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do two drops a week. If you're liking what you're hearing at Drink the Movies, a lot of other people are. Please leave a five-star review. Help build this community. Tell your friends because we love cocktails, we love films, and we love you. That's right. We love you and we love E.T. And I love this drink. So, Michaela, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go whip us up another one of these because I think we both need one after uh, after after getting through this one, having the heartstrings tugged at. Um, but, you know, a good drink is always going to help with that. So let's go mix up another one and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink, drink the, the movies. movies. I'll be right here. I'll be right here.